the How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here bringing you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. Well, Kula, thank you very much. And today we're discussing my conversation with Jeff Yang, the founding partner and managing director of Redpoint Ventures. Now, you probably have never heard of Redpoint Ventures, but let me tell you something. Jeff is a legendary venture capitalist that started this firm. And he's invested in a ton of companies that you have heard of and have become enormously successful. Companies like Stripe, Netflix, Sonos, and DraftKings. And the key is that Jeff knows how to pick the right companies. And you know what he looks at more than anything else? Oh, of course, you got to have a good business model. But the thing that really makes Jeff put the dollars behind his belief is when he meets the person behind the ideas of the company. Because when he can find the right person that really has what he thinks will drive that company forward, then that's the company he wants to get behind. And I just love that mentality. I love it too. You know, this episode is so fascinating. I've always wanted to know what venture capitalists look for when they go to make an investment in a company or a person or an idea. You know, how do you know that something is going to be successful or if something is going to be a bust? And in your conversation with Jeff, he really talks you through the process and gives so much insight into why he makes the investments that he does and how he analyzes the people that he is going to invest in. So if you haven't listened to the Jeff Yang episode, go back in the feed and give it a listen because it really gives you kind of the inside baseball into why successful venture capitalists invest in the companies that they do. And you know what, Kula? It doesn't matter whether you're a venture capitalist or you're in a company or you're starting your own company. This idea of finding great talent is applicable to everybody. And this conversation gives you so many ideas that you can apply to your own personal situation. You're absolutely right, David. Without further ado, though, let's get into today's questions for our Three More Questions conversation. All right, question number one. You talk with Jeff about the noble cause of his health and wellness company, Performance Health Sciences. First off, can you define what you mean by noble cause and then why you'd recommend that every leader and every business have one? Well, the noble cause is the higher calling you have for your company. It's not just making dollars or making profit or driving sales. It's why you go to work each day. And the reason why it's important is when you have a a higher calling, it's much more inspiring. It gets you much more excited to go to work every day and be a part of something great. And nobody ever wants to go to work being a part of something mediocre. They want to be a part of something that's really special. And when you find that noble cause and you articulate it and you communicate it and people understand it, you're giving people a real purpose for their work. And I just love Jeff's noble cause for performance health sciences. It was basically to improve your health span versus just having a lifespan. It's not the number of years you have left. It's the it's the quality of the number of years you have left and making sure that you're as healthy as you can be. Now, that's what I call a great noble cause. But let me give you some other examples. I'll try to remember just off the top of my head because I've studied this. Walmart, their noble cause was to give ordinary folks 
the chance to buy the same things as rich people. I remember learning that when I visited Walmart, and I just love that phrase, and it's still sticking with me. Now, Google, theirs is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. Now, that's a big, noble cause. It's a little bit more complicated, but look how they simplified what they do so that everyone can go to work at Google and say, I'm going to do this in my piece of Google to make that noble cause become a reality. And then if you want to talk about simplicity, just think about the Walt Disney Company's noble cause. It's very simple. It's to make people happy. And that's what they do in their theme parks all the time. That's what they do with their movies. That's what they do with ESPN. They entertain. They want to make people happy. And David, when you were at Yum Brands, you know, one of the reasons that you were able to align such a big company around a common vision is that you cast this noble cause throughout the entire company. What was that noble cause at Yum Brands? Well, when we started out in 1997, it was very similar to Walt Disney's. It was to put a yum on people's faces all around the world. We just wanted to make people happy when they enjoyed pizza, Taco Bell, and KFC. And then we became very, very successful, and the impact of our company became much larger around the world as we grew. And we said we can have an even more elevated noble cause, and that was to be the defining global company that feeds the world. Not only feeding the people our food around the world, but also helping people who couldn't afford our food get the food they need to sustain themselves and their family. And that's why we tied in, for example, with the World Food Program. Even hearing you say those noble causes of those other iconic brands, it just brings a smile to your face. So I can see why it's so important for great leaders to have a noble cause for their business because it kind of just makes you feel good about whatever you have to do, whatever your task is for that company. Yeah, think about it. When somebody asks you what you do, do you want to say, well, I go to work at Google so I can help them make a lot of profit. Of course, you want to help the company make more money, but it's much more powerful when you think about how they're taking information and making it useful for everybody all around the world. That's a noble cause. All right, question number two. Jeff says that the biggest flaw in big companies is that they aren't paranoid enough about the competition. David, what's your take on this concept? Are you a paranoid leader? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I thought one of my jobs as a CEO was to anticipate what could potentially go wrong and then make sure that we did the things to make sure that those things did not go wrong. So if that makes me a little bit paranoid, I guess you would say I am a class A paranoid leader. No <laughs> doubt about it. And competition can really take a lot of fun out of your business. If competition comes in and, and changes the value equation or comes up with a product that you should have come up before they did, you know, that really causes difficulty for you as a company and you as a leader. So you want to make sure that you understand what competition is doing. And many times I would look for competition as a source of ideas. They might have a germ of idea that was pretty good, but I thought, boy, if we could put that idea into our system, which is much bigger, much more powerful, we can turn it into a much bigger idea than even our competition. So, you know, Kula, when I think about it, I have to admit, I'm a very optimistic person. You know, I tried to lead by really being, as Napoleon would say, a dealer in hope. But 
I also have to tell you, I have some paranoia in me as well. So I think the best way to describe me is that I'm an optimistic, paranoid leader. How's that? Well, you're certainly optimistic. There's no doubt about that. But I think, you know, even that self-appointed title, optimistic, paranoid leader, points out that there's a difference between having a healthy paranoia and being a pessimist. You don't want to be a pessimist. But when you have that sort of healthy paranoia and almost obsession over what your competition is doing, it lights that fire under you to keep getting better every single day. You're not a pessimist. You never want to be a pessimist. You want to be a realist. And what I think Jeff is really saying here and suggesting in this conversation is that a leader really has to understand the reality. They have to understand the customer reality, the financial reality, the employee reality, and then deal with it and come up with the solutions that will take your company forward. Question number three, our final question of today's episode. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. (laughs) Here we go. The episode with Jeff Yang is all about knowing how to assess people. When evaluating people to invest in, Jeff says he almost always goes for raw talent over experience. What's your stance on that? Well, you know, Jeff talks about the importance of having A leaders, and I couldn't agree more. I think you got to have A leaders and then... That allows you to create an A-team. And when you have an A-team, you can have an A-team mentality that's just inspiring because everybody looks around and sees this raw talent, sees these great people, and feels so proud to be on the team. So I think as a leader, you definitely want to make sure you have A players and you have that raw talent that inspires other people. Now, I will tell you this. I think raw talent is important in everybody you have on your team. And what I've learned over time is you never ever want to hire somebody without experience that doesn't have that raw talent because they're going to be dead in the water. But I've learned when you have raw talent and you can combine it with experience, that's when you really have things going. And when you get that raw talent combined with experience, you get the know-how that leads to creativity and breakthroughs. Well, your episode with Jeff Yang will definitely help our listeners understand not only how to assess people, but how to continue to build a team of top performers. You know, Kula, what's really got me excited, two weeks ago, I posted a podcast with the greatest investor of all time, Stanley Druckenmiller. If you haven't listened to this one, you got to listen to it. But now I've got Jeff Yang who is one of the most incredible entrepreneurs of our time. So it's really so cool to be able to get this kind of talent on the show so that people can learn from them. Absolutely. The insights are truly remarkable. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence that you need to lead well. Tune in Thursday for my conversation with Peyton Manning, a man who needs no introduction. You're going to love our conversation about how Peyton's taken what he learned in the NFL to launch a successful business career. I don't know of anybody that's gone from the sports world to the business world and had so much success so fast. So have a great week and I'll see you on Thursday. Thursday.